following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. I am excited this morning to um, bring kind of the remainder of my word from last week. I'm looking forward to um, kind of going where we're going this morning. And so as we look, uh, you know, look at our theme for this month, we're contemplating what time is it. And one of the things um, I really want us to focus on is not just looking at it from a concept of like what time is it out there or what time is it for the larger body of Christ, but I also want you to be thinking about and asking the Lord, what time is it for me? <laughs> There's, there are seasons and times in our individual lives um, that absolutely correspond with the larger picture of what God's doing, but I want to encourage you to be seeking the Lord for what do you have for me in this time and in this season? What do you have specifically for me? And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of getting a hold of that. But as the Lord speaks to you, I, I know that it's going to require courage and it's going to re- require faith for us to respond to what the Lord's speaking to us about that. As the Lord speaks to you, I want to uh, just encourage you to anticipate, to dream with him again. How many of you have felt a little bit like dreaming has been difficult over the last couple years? It's, it's been a little, a little hard to, to kind of look ahead and dream. Um, you know, there was, there was a point where we would plan things even, and there'd be this attitude inside me that goes, well, we're probably going to have to postpone or cancel it anyway. You know, this feeling of, I really can't count on anything that I'm dreaming, you know, or or having anticipation for. And I believe that the Lord wants to lift that off of us in this day, that we would allow him to stir that anticipation in us. And so last week, I felt like we took a lot of time allowing the Lord to stir that in us. I feel like he was doing it all through the worship. He was stirring this anticipation in us. And he was doing it through the prophetic word that came. He's stirring this anticipation. And when, and when I brought my word, he like wanted me to land on anticipation and probably say it 500 times. You probably got so sick of it. But there's something he's, he's stirring up in us because he needs us to get ready. And we don't get ready if we're not anticipating something. Anticipation leads to preparation. And that's, and that's what we're looking at. So we, we're anticipating the way that God wants to move. And one of the things I feel a little cautious about sometimes is, is using the term a move of God because the reality is he never stops moving. We don't ever want to think that you know, we're waiting for God to, to do a move because he's checked out and he's stopped moving. But that's not really what we're anticipating. We know that his government is increasing on the earth since the day that Jesus came. His government is increasing on the earth. We also know that he talks to us about going from glory to glory. This is the lifestyle that we step into when we step into being followers of Jesus. 
glory to glory. So when we talk about God moving on the earth, we're not talking about he stopped moving and we're trying to get him to start up the heavenly engine again. What we're talking about is we're moving to the next place. He's getting ready to move us to the next level of glory, to the next place of how he wants to to, uh, be seen and known on the earth. And he wants to do that through us moving with him in that. So when we talk about the move of God that's coming, we need to think about it in that context of moving into the next thing that God wants to do. We talked last week about the fact that the season that we're in is the exact kind of season that God moves in. We can look and see some of the things around us. We can see some of the things even in our own life and feel like, I don't know how God can do anything with this. This does not seem like the conditions for uh, a nation turning back to God. This doesn't seem like the conditions to see the works and wonders of God that we're longing to see. And he says, no, this is exactly the conditions. This is exactly the conditions where I like to show up. We see it time and time again in scripture. You know, the last historical event that shook the world to the degree that the world is being shaken now was probably World War II. I mean, when we really think about it, the, the reach of the shaking, where the whole world is experiencing the effects of a shaking, the last time that we really saw it to that magnitude, and some of you who are more historians than I am might argue with me, don't do it right now because I'm trying to make a point, but I, I, would really, I really would say, if I look back, that's what I see. And what we see is that World War II ended in 1945, and nine months later, there was international healing revival happening. There was mass evangelism happening in 1946. We saw a move of God that came from that place of shaking. We saw a move of God that, that it, it launched really a lot of of seeing the gifts of the Spirit return to the church. And not just healing and, and those things, but evangelism. Thousands and thousands of people gathering and repenting and being transformed in their lives. And this is this is what we're poised for. Now We need to be careful that we not think it's going to look exactly that way. Because it's going to look different. It is looking different. But we can have an anticipation that when that shaking happens, when society hits its lowest, when it's at its lowest morally, when it's at its lowest financially, that's when God comes in and he goes, we're going up. We're going up to the next place. And so that's what we're anticipating. And here's the reality. You are supposed to be here for that. You were born for this time. You were born to withstand the shaking and to bear fruit in the midst of it. You were born to see and to participate and to cooperate with the works and wonders that God wants to do in this time. 
We won the historical lottery. Can we look at it that way and go, I am so glad I'm here for this. We are, yeah, (laughs) we'll work on that. (laughs) But we are so glad we're here for this because this is a for such a time as this moment for us because God is going to move. We have long since got past the point, I think, hopefully, if you haven't, it's going to happen to you today. We've long since got past the point where we think there is ever going back to normal. We are, we are past the point of no return, <laughs> of what, of, oh, I hope, I hope we can just get back to normal. We're not. We're going somewhere else. We are in the process of moving into the next level of glory, and there's no going back in, in any of the ways, in the bad ways or the good ways. We're moving forward. And so we need to have that anticipation. The only possible result for this time is that God is going to move mightily. That's where we're headed. If that's not the train you wanted to get on, I'm really sorry, but that's where it's going. And so we might as well be ready for it. We might as well begin to anticipate the works and wonders that God's going to do and get ready. Okay, so I believe that one of the things the Lord's doing in this time as it relates to what time is it, how many of you have ever slept past your alarm? (laughs) Just kidding. How many of you have ever slept past your alarm and all of a sudden you wake up and you go, what time is it? Because you have something you need to be doing. I believe there's this awakening coming inside of us. This, this awakening that goes, what time is it? Because I have somewhere to be. I have something I need to be doing. And so the Lord is awakening something in us for what he's doing so that we can respond to the call and, and the, what he's asking us to step into. The thing is that a lack of Preparation communicates to God that I don't have anticipation for what you're doing. A lack of preparation. Now, I believe that there has been a season where there has been a divine pause. I believe that there's been a season. I don't feel in any way, as we have this awakening, as we have this kind of thing within us that goes, I have somewhere to be. I have something to get ready for. I don't feel like we're late. I don't feel like, what have we been doing all this time? I feel like there has been a divine pause in this time. I felt that at the beginning of it. I thought it was going to be a little shorter pause. Didn't we all think it was going to be a little shorter pause? Like, maybe three months? Well, we are well beyond that. But, But there has been this divine pause to... To, there's, a, there's a stopping to let God do some things in us. He's been getting some things in order. He's been, he's been strengthening us as we weather the shaking that's going on. He's been allowing some things to, to fall off of us that, that, and, and he's shown us places where we're leaning on things that will not st- sustain us, will not support us. I'm still finding things I'm leaning on. 
How many of you are still finding things you're leaning on? Do you know one of the more recent things, probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, one of the more recent things that I found that I was leaning on was the prophetic conference with Alan Ross. It's the beginning of the year. I have this anticipation. Really need to hear clearly from God and have him confirm some things about what you're doing on the earth. And we have this prophetic conference coming up. It's so perfect. And then it gets canceled. What are we going to do? Postponed. Thank you. It's been postponed to a later date. Like all the things. No, I'm just kidding. It's been postponed. And I go, oh, I really needed that. And God goes, did you? I thought all you needed was me. I thought all you wanted was me. Oh, man. It challenged me. Okay, Lord, I trust you. I trust you to speak to us and to speak to your people. I trust you to take that one step at a time without getting the whole blueprint laid out in front of us. And I trust the timing even of when we do get together with Alan, when we do get together around this, this, the, the concept of revival and reformation and really press into what the Lord's saying to us about that. I trust your timing because I trust you and I only want to need you. He's shaking those things in our lives, even good things, even things that he's allowed to sustain us in the past, things that he's allowed to, to bring strength and prop us up, and he's brought them around us, but he's bringing us to a new place of glory. He's bringing us to a new place to walk, and we need to walk with a different strength, a different trust, a different dependence. That's what he's preparing us for. And so we want to say to him with our, our preparation, the simple act of preparation positions us for what God wants to do. Whatever that looks like, we're going to talk a little bit about that. This is the kind of faith that God's looking for in us, that we would begin to hear from him, we would trust in him in deeper ways, and we begin to prepare. When we anticipate God doing something amazing, we begin to prepare for it. When we anticipate his goodness coming, we begin to prepare. And I think there's a reality. It's not a rule or a, um, I'm not making this like a spiritual law, but there's a biblical principle that talks about that the, the amount of, of, a, of anointing that can come into a moment sometimes has to do with the amount of preparation that we take for that thing. Here's a, here's a story that has illustrated that for me. Let's see if I can find Second Kings this time. Because moments ago I was lost while I was talking. Second Kings um, chapter 4. So this is the story of Elisha and the widow's oil. <laughs> a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know what, that your servant feared the Lord. The creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. 
So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, behind you and your sons, then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out, this little jar of oil, filling all these vessels. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came to him and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil, pay your debt. You and your sons live on the rest. Here's the principle that I want to pull out of that. The, uh, the amount of miracle, the amount of miraculous filling matched the amount of her preparation. That, that she gathered all the vessels that she could possibly gather and when the last one was full, the oil ran out. The miracle of the oil stopped. And so there's this, this piece where I go, Lord, I want to gather every possible vessel to be filled. <laughs> I believe that God is actually gathering his church as vessels. He's gathering his church as vessels, and even as vessels that will be willing to be empty so that they can be filled with the miraculous. But there is a place in us, if we look at it, the level of my preparation, to some degree, is going to determine the level of supernatural that can be poured out in my life. And the reality is, I don't look at that story and say, um, you know, well, they should have gotten more vessels. They had exactly the amount of vessels they could gather. And they had enough. They had exactly what they needed. But there's, there's the reality that sometimes some of us would go, because we're not so sure. We can believe for, for this. We may not be able to believe for this. So maybe they go and get two or three vessels. But we don't want to limit God in what he wants to do. We want to prepare in every way that we can. One of the other things I thought was interesting was this whole thing of shutting the door behind them. <laughs> I think that one of the things I hear in that is that there is something in the way that God wants to pour out the miraculous that is in the secret place. I think... Um, this is not a thus saith the Lord. This is my impression. <laughs> I don't believe that outpouring is going to happen in the buildings and in the meetings. I think what's going to happen is it's going to happen in our secret places, and we're going to bring that with us into those places. And that's a little different than the way the Lord's moved in the past. That the miraculous has flowed in these places of meeting together with God. And, and we're going to see that, but it's going to be the result of the miraculous pouring into our lives in the secret place, behind closed doors, in our households, in the places it says she brought her sons in and she closed the door. There is a place of inviting our family 
into pursuing the supernatural in our homes and saying, God said he's going to do something here. Let's prepare for that. Let's, let's be gathered as vessels and let him pour into us. So I believe, I believe that it's coming. It may just be coming a little bit different way. So last week we talked about, so what does it look like to prepare? And I think there's some different pieces to it. And I believe that more than anything, we need to get for ourselves from the Lord. What does it look like for me to prepare right now? Because I think it's going to be different for, for each of us. There are different things that he's calling you to. There's, there's this place where he begins to move and he calls us to active duty in different ways, and we have different roles. You know, there's, um, I'm going to show how much, not so much knowledge I have about the armed forces, but, but there's this place where people, they're committed to the, the move that's going to happen, a military move, right? And so they, they sign up, and the first thing that happens is there's this time of preparation, and some of the preparation is all the same. There's this shared preparation. We're all learning to follow orders. We're all learning to do the things, whatever they all are. Some of you in the military are going, oh, yeah. No. Anyway, we're learning to do the things. But then there's a place where people begin to receive specialized training for their part of the mission. They begin to identify their specific part of the mission that they're going to be called into active duty for, and they receive specialized training. And I believe that the Lord's doing that in our lives as well. There is a common preparation. There's a common boot camp, a training that we're going to walk through together, that we're walking through together. But there's some specialized things that the Lord wants to prepare in you and for you and through you. So as we talk about that, um, be listening to the Lord for specifically what that looks like. But here's one piece that I do know that we're all called to because we've seen it throughout scripture over and over again and it's the story i think for time i'm not going to read it all it's the story that we talked about last week in joshua 2 and 3 where <clears throat> the israelites are camping on the other side of the jordan and god says i'm getting ready to move so tell them to prepare so that was really the word that i kind of focused on last week that that it was, he was getting ready to move. And so Joshua said, okay, it's time to prepare. And then in uh, Joshua 3.3, 3, they give the instructions that when you see the presence of God, when you see the ark pass in front of you, step out and follow it. And talked about the fact that that's what we're anticipating. We are anticipating our awareness of the presence of God moving and our obedience to step in line and say, okay, this is where we're going. We're moving with this. But what I think is so interesting is he gives them those instructions. God's moving. We're going to be led by his movement. Let it lead you because you haven't gone this way before. That's another piece of that scripture. He says, step in, step in behind it, follow it, because you don't know the way. You haven't gone this way before. We need to make sure that we remember that as God begins to move. And we go, here's what's interesting. He's kind of doing it already. 
there's ways that he's moving that we sometimes are going, well, that can't be God, because I haven't really ever seen him do it that way before. I think there's this season where the Lord's helping us to be sensitive to his presence, that we can recognize when he's moving, even when it doesn't look familiar to us the way that he's moving and the places that he's taking us. That requires an incredible amount of trust to say, I don't recognize this. You know where the presence moved them? Into a river. (laughs) So the, the ark goes and it goes, yes, follow me. Here's where the presence of God is going. Oh, into the river. Okay. But obviously God did a miracle for that. They had never crossed a river before. In fact, those that were crossing the Jordan, none of them were there when he split the Red Sea. They had heard the stories. This is why we talked about how important it is to hear the testimonies of God's faithfulness. This is why we talk about what happened after World War II. (laughs) Because we hear the testimonies of God's faithfulness and his character and how he meets problems like this. So we want to be willing to follow even when we don't recognize the way that he's leading us. But here's what Joshua says. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I believe that this is the word of the Lord to us, both stirring this anticipation in us where he says, I am doing, I'm going to do wonders among you. And I want to see his works and wonders. Not just because everything stinks so bad right now. <laughs> Not just because I, I want to make sure that we get validated in our following of Jesus. I want to see his works and wonders because I want to see him glorified. I want to see him be glorified for who he is. And so... We have this anticipation of his works and wonders, but Joshua says, because that's coming, consecrate yourselves. And that's the preparation that I want to talk about this morning. We're getting ready for God to work and to do wonders among us, and consecration is a big piece of being ready. Consecration is a word that's used all throughout Scripture. Sometimes it's translated sanctify, in that verse, sometimes it's, it's translated sanctify. Um, consecration, sanctification, and holiness are all three words that are kind of used interchangeably. And it basically means to be set apart, to be prepared. <laughs> and one of, the, um, one of the Hebrew definitions and the one that's connected to that, Joshua 3.5, Where it says consecrate, it says, be hallowed by contact with a sacred thing. (laughs) That's what consecration is. That we would be set apart, that we would be be purified by contact with a sacred God. Do you know that that's already happened in your life? You are already consecrated because of your contact 
with the blood of Jesus. And so we need to walk that out in this day. What does it look like for me to be consecrated? I think sometimes we can look at those concepts of being set apart. Even right now, especially with what's going on in the world, we go, we have to be set apart from that. But we look at it as my being set apart from that means I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this. Or we look at being set apart or being holy or being consecrated because that's really what it's calling us to. It's a, a place of holiness. We may look at that and go, it's all about my behavior, what I don't do. That is not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about is my, not my no, but my one big yes. That was what Joshua was asking the people of God for. Over and over and over again, they had to say yes to God. Consecrate yourself. Make your yes sure, because he's about to move and he's going to lead you into some things. You say yes right now, and then you'll continue to say yes as, as we come into these places where he's calling us to impossible things. Amen. And so he's asking us to consecrate ourselves, to make our yes sure right now, without seeing the contract, <laughs> without seeing the flight plan without seeing the itinerary or even the cost to some degree he's saying will you say yes will you say yes right now to the call of god on your life will you say yes to believing for what he's about to do will you say yes to believing for breakthrough to allow god to use your life and see what happens. This is a pattern we see over and over again in Scripture. Do you know that even Jesus was sanctified, consecrated for the work that he came to do? He said at one point, I don't remember where, he said at one point to, I'm sure somebody he was arguing with, the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, what about the one whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world? That he, even he was sanctified. Jesus had a yes that had to happen for him to step into the purpose of God. Joshua's calling for them. God's about to move. Sanctify yourself. Uh, when when uh, Paul and Barnabas were sent out, there was a setting apart. God said, set apart Paul and Barnabas. There was, there was a yes that needed to happen. Even when we think about what God did in the upper room, so after Jesus is, is crucified and, and they're gathering in the upper room because God said, I'm about to move. I'm about to send my spirit. Get ready. There was a consecration that happened where they set themselves apart and they made their yes complete. Now, some would say they were hiding. They were hiding because they were scared. No, if they were, they were really bad at it. 
Who hides in the city where Jesus was crucified all in one place? It's like fish in a barrel. They weren't hiding. They were consecrating themselves. They were making their yes to God sure. So that when the move of God came, and by the way, they had no idea, tongues of fire, and, and he said the Holy Spirit would come and you would receive power. He didn't define very well what that would look like. He never really defined very well what it would look like. That's why they asked so many dumb questions. <laughs> Not so dumb, because <laughs> he wasn't defining it very well. But they had a yes. How about when Jesus starts talking all crazy about eating my flesh and drinking my blood and, and people start to leave because the move of God looked different than they thought. And Jesus says, are you going to go too? And Peter says, where would we go? Essentially, he said, we've already said yes. <laughs> Your words are the words of life. That's what consecration is. That's what he's calling us into in preparation for the move. That it's settled in us. That regardless of everything else that's going on around us, this is, this is our challenge in this day. That we be moved by our response to God, not by our reaction to what's going on. That we be moved by our yes to him, not by our no to all of that. Our yes to him is going to confront that. But it has to do with what are we moving from? Are we moving in a yes to him? Because there's power in that. That's the vessel he can fill. That's different than moving in our no to something else. And that's what he's calling it, us to. My life has one purpose, and it's to say yes to him. Amen. I can look back over my life, even from back when I was young, and I can see these moments where I came sometimes to an altar, sometimes it was alone, but there was this divine yes that was established on the inside of me. And then it's interesting because I can usually look and see after that a period of time where that yes was so important. If that yes hadn't been established at that point, some of the things that followed would have rocked me, would have possibly sh shook me off of that foundation with the Lord. He's asking for that now. I don't believe the shaking is over. I'm not prophesying that. I'm not even wishing for that. I just know that it's really important that our yes is sure. I do believe that we're going to see the shaking be more productive than what we've seen so far. Amen. Okay, thanks. Okay. So, that's our yes. Here's the thing we need to recognize, though. It's not about what we're saying yes to. It's about who we're saying yes to. Our, 
the whole process of consecration is 100% relational. It is 100% about intimacy between the Father and me. It's about identity and you. It's about identity. It's about coming to... It's not about give me, give me the list of, of where you're going and I'm saying yes to that. It's I'm saying yes to this person of God, this person who wants to move on the earth and I count my yes as, as more important than anything else. That's what we're saying yes to. We're not saying yes to a movement. We're saying yes to a person and to his plan and his purpose on the earth. There's a, a quote that I'm going to botch because I didn't put it in my notes, but um, that revival happens when the heart and, of God and the heart of man come into agreement. That's what consecration does. Because I began to, to stop trying to do a made-to-order movement and ask God to bless it. <laughs> and instead, I get a hold of the heart of God because it's all about intimacy. It's all about what moves you, God? What's moving you right now? Because that's what I want to be moved by. It's motivated by intimacy. This is why Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Because he was consecrated. He had a yes. Mm -hmm. And it made it easy. Did he have a moment where he goes, are you sure this is the way? And the Father says, yep, this is the way. And he goes, okay, I've already said yes. Not for one minute do I think that in the garden when Jesus was saying, if there's another way, take this cup, was he backpedaling? He was just affirming his yes. Because God was about to move in a major way. And there was a consecration that was taking place. I believe that there is a, there is a sacrifice required in the days to come, to truly move with God where he's going. And that kind of sacrifice only comes from love. <laughs> we'll do things for love that we will not do for anything else. Those of you who have raised children know that this is true. So we need to recognize that this consecration is not about behavior. Now, there are practices that help us in our yes to God. It's not about outward behavior, but there are inner practices that he is developing in us that, that cause us to yield to him. Because what he's doing is he's helping us put down roots in this time. There's, there's this reality of all that's going to be happening in the unseen. 
Do you know what we're developing in this shaking? Really strong roots. Because every time we've been disappointed, every time we've been dismayed and discouraged, and every time we've, we've looked and gone, I don't, this doesn't make sense, and every time it's caused us to put our roots down deeper, to reach. Every time the things that used to satisfy us don't satif- satisfy us anymore, it's caused us to have to put our roots down deeper. Maybe a year ago, or so, or maybe multiple times, I have um, brought this reality to us that I believe that God has called us to be a people that bear fruit in famine. And here's the verse that I've used. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Can I get the worship team to come up and we'll... Is that okay? Okay. Um, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Not even just his hope is in the Lord, his hope is the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. We are coming into a season of extreme fruitfulness. I really believe that. But I believe that there is a consecration required. We cannot say yes to the fruit without saying yes to being willing to to go deeper in him. And so I just want us to respond to this. I want us to respond to the anticipation that he's been putting in our heart with a, a yes and a declaration of our pressing into going deeper with him. A yes and a declaration of of allowing um, some invisible work (laughs) to happen for what he wants to do. So we're just going to close with this song this morning and let it be your yes to God. Let it be your statement that I'm consecrating myself to you wholeheartedly because I know you're about to do works and wonders. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.